And you may know a little bit about it, but you don't get the full understanding of what that author was trying to portray in that book. And it's the same way with us in the Bible and God. There are so many things that he's trying to tell us, but unless we take in all of it, we're not going to have the full understanding that he wants us to have. So, in Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, This is not a wrestling match against a human opponent. We are wrestling with rulers, authorities, the powers who govern this world of darkness, and spiritual forces that control evil in, heaven, in the heavenly world. And verse 13, it says, For this reason, take up all the armor that God supplies. Then you will be able to take a stand during these evil days. Once you have overcome all obstacles, you will be able to stand your ground. You see, it doesn't tell us that it's going to be easy. The Bible never said it was going to be easy. But it does say that once you have overcome all of these obstacles, and maybe you're asking yourself, well, how am I supposed to do that? I don't know how to overcome the obstacles that I'm facing in my life. I don't know how to make a difference. I don't know how to get past where I'm at. Maybe you feel stuck in the position that you're in. But Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, he said, if you live by what I say, you are truly my disciples. Now, I want to break that down into a little bit simple term, simpler terms for us today. Because sometimes we read a scripture and it goes right over our head because we haven't reached that deeper understanding yet. Basically, it's saying that we have already determined that God's word is God's will. You understand that, right? God's word is his will or what he said. God's word is what he said. Okay? So, what that means, if we abide in the word by faith, regardless of what we feel or what we think that we understand, then we're Jesus' disciples too. So back to Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 14. It says, so then, take your stand. Fasten truth around your waist like a belt. Put on God's approval as your breastplate. Verse 15 says, put on your shoes so that you are ready to spread the good news that gives peace. It tells us right there that God's word gives peace. Have you been struggling to have peace in your life? You have a roadmap right here because God's word provides it. Chapter, or verse 16, in addition to all these, take the Christian faith as your shield. With it, you can put on the whole, put out all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know that Satan's against you? He does not want you to succeed in this life. And you're going to constantly encounter arrows from the enemy. But right here in that verse, you have something to stand on. Because it said faith stops the enemy's arrows. Faith stops the enemy's arrows. Now, if you haven't been really established, you may be wondering how 
do I get faith? How do I get what I need to stop what the devil's doing to me? Well, the Bible says, now faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Another way to say that is that faith simply comes by hearing what God says now. Hearing what God says right now. If you want to make a difference in your life now, you've got to hear what God's saying to you now. The longer you wait, the longer it's going to take to get the things that he has for you. So not just hearing with your physical ears, but hearing with your spiritual ears. Stop trying to figure it out with your head. It's not going to happen that way. You're not that smart. None of us are that bright, okay? It's like those light bulb moments that we get. Those do not come in the natural. They come from God. He gives us that revelation. Isaiah 55, 8 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. You're never going to figure out the things of God on your own. Back to Ephesians. Verse 17. It says, Also, take salvation as your helmet, and the word of God as the sword that the Spirit supplies. So in this, and I'll be honest, what I've been taught about the um, armor of God since I was a child, but I never took in all of the details of it until I really started studying for this message. And it says, the sword that the Spirit supplies, the Word of God is your weapon. It says it right there. The Word of God is your weapon. Now, I want you to think for a minute. When I was preparing, I, I thought about the movie Braveheart. But, you know, all of those other fighting movies, or whether they be war or olden times or armies or, or however, it, would you ride into a physical battle without any kind of weapon or any kind of protection at all? Would you do that? No. No. That sounds pretty crazy, right? So why are we doing that with our spiritual battles? Why? We do it every day. If we would not go into a physical battle without any weapons or any protection, we shouldn't try to face our spiritual battles without any weapon or any protection. And just because you might not see what's going on in the spiritual realm does not mean that it's not real. This is why it's so extremely important to read and to study the Word of God. Because you want to be ready when it's time to fight. You might not be at a place in your life. Things might be going good for you today. You might not be where you are facing a battle. But let me tell you, just over the horizon, you'll come across another one. We all do. We all face battles in life. They may not be the same for everyone, but we all face them. I'm going to give you an example. And so I'm going to see if I can, I guess, kind of put things into a perspective so it's easier to see. When I was, when I was young, 
my parents used to read books to me, and I actually still have the books. I read them to Tyler when he was little, and um, I read them to kids now. But they were taught, the, the title for the books were the, I guess the company that did the books, they were called Word Windows. And it started out with like, whoever the person is. Lisa opened a word window, and this is what Lisa saw, you know? And so I want you to think about this for your own life. Insert your name for me. Holly opened a word window, and this is what she saw. So I want you to picture something, whether it's something that's going on right now, or whether it's something that you have faced. Picture something that's attacking you in your life, or has attacked you in your life. I want you to picture it. I want you to see it for yourself. Make it personal. Because if you don't make the things of God personal in your own life, you are never going to overcome those situations. Everybody else can't do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. And it takes practice. So picture this word window. Whatever the situation is that you're facing right now in your life. Maybe, maybe it's a battle in your mind. Are you struggling with fear, worry, or negative thoughts all the time? Do they bombard you? Is that, is that a struggle for you? Or maybe it's something more physical. Maybe you're struggling with sickness in your body. Or maybe you received a bad report from the doctor. I don't know what, what your attack is. But I want you to think about it for a minute. This is the only time I'll ever tell you to think about your problem, okay? But we're going to get past that in just a minute. Because God is bigger than your problem. So, think about that. And if you already know what God's Word says when things like this happen in your life, then you can immediately stand against them before that they've had a, a chance to overtake you. Because let me tell you, it doesn't take much for the devil to overtake you. You give him an inch and he'll take a mile. He'll take you far, far, far further than you ever thought you could go. And, and it's that way with sin, which obviously is from the devil. You know, it might seem like such a little thing at the moment, but a year down the road, you're looking at like, how did I end up where I'm at right now? How did this happen? I don't understand. It was just that. But that's how the devil is. He blinds us to the things that God has for us. But God is bigger than that. So, I want you to think. Before those things have a chance to overtake you, if you are feeding on the word of God, and you have put that inside of you, on a regular basis. And we study the word a lot in this church. We do. But that is because it is so important that we grasp the, the things that God has for us. Because if you have those things, when those battles and struggles come against you, whatever they are in any situation, you're going to say things like, my God says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So Satan, get your hands off of because you have that authority. You may say something like, sickness is a curse. And as a Christian, yes. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Yes. Jesus paid the price for me when he died on the cross. And by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. 
You may have something else, whatever that is. Find a scripture that applies to your specific situation. Psalms 23, 4 says, Even though you walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So if fear is something that you struggle with, speak life. God is with you no matter where you're at. You are not alone. In Jeremiah, you said, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. So God, I'm trusting you in my situation. Or maybe in Psalms, where you said, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It may be, God, I thank you that greater is he that is in, in me than he that is in the world. That's one that I've said a lot. But you've got to get the revelation of that. Because if you don't really believe that the God inside of you is greater than the things that you face, you will never stand up to the things that you're facing in your life. So stop trying to fight your battles without any weapons or any protection. Because you're never going to win if you don't take a hold of what God has for you. Verse 18, it says, pray in the spirit in every situation. Use every kind of prayer and request there is. For the same reason, be alert. Use every kind of effort and make every kind of request for all God's people. Because the devil's coming at you. He's coming at you in ways that you never imagined. And living this Christian life, it isn't just about you. Yes, Jesus died for you, but this life, it's not just about you. God wants you to be an overcomer in your life so that you can help others to become overcomers in their life. I want you to think for a minute. Do you have something that you've been believing God for? Maybe it's been a long time, and maybe you feel like your strength is running out. I've been there myself. Actually, recently, God's been reminding me not to grow weary. This is something he's been speaking to my spirit. Not to grow weary, because in him, I live, and I move, and I have my being. So stand your ground because it's coming in the right time and at the right moment. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. The thing that you have to do is not to give up. I just thought about that. Uh, have you guys ever seen that? I think Becky might have it in the office. It's the um, a stork or some type of bird and he's swallowing a frog. And the frog's like in his beak, you know, completely covered except for his arms sticking out, and he's holding the stork's neck so the stork can't swallow him, and it says never give up. That's the picture that I just got when I saw that. But it is that way in our life. Don't ever give up. God has given you the weapons and tools that you need to be successful in your life. And the other passages of Scripture, if you want to write these down, are Galatians 6, 1 through 10. And the title of my Bible on this, it says, Bear One Another's Burdens. 
Verse 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if a person gets trapped by wrongdoing, those of you who are spiritual should help that person turn away from wrongdoing. Do it in a gentle way. At the same time, watch yourself so that you are not also tempted. You see, God is a God of love. And that is how he wants us to operate in our own life. And I'm sure you've heard the expression before. I know I've heard it lots of times. That you are the only Bible that some people will ever read. You're the only Bible that some people will ever read. You see, people are watching you. They're watching how you respond to the troubles that you face in your own life. They want to know. But if they see you beaten down all the time and you're never getting anywhere in your life, why in the world would they want what you have? Okay? God wants us to be overcomers. Yes, amen. Because when we're overcomers, we can then encourage someone else and teach someone else how they can overcome in their life. God doesn't want you to be beat down by the devil all the time. I'm sure you've also heard uh, people say, maybe you've even said it yourself, I'm sure a lot of people have, that they're not going to church because there are too many hypocrites there. You ever heard that? Lots of people say it. And sadly, part of that is true because there are churches who are not teaching the word and encouraging others. And there's people that think of themselves as better than someone else. And that doesn't portray the heart of God to others. That's never what God intended. We've got to do better ourselves. So instead of looking down on others that may not have reached the point that you're at yet, encourage them. Lift them up in love. Because Jesus died for them just the same as he died for you. There are no exceptions. One sitting on this side is not better than the one sitting on that side. Right. He loves each of us the same. And none of us, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've been, no matter how good you've been, it doesn't matter. None of us are worthy of God's grace on our own. You can never earn it. God freely gives it. All we have to do is reach out and take it. Verse 2 says, help carry each other's burdens. In this way, you will follow Christ's teaching. Now, this applies to all kinds of relationships, but I often see it in marriage. Because as a wife, I know that I'm called to be a helpmate for my husband. And if he's struggling with something, I try to encourage him, and he does the same for me. Now, Let's just be honest. I have not always gone about it in, in the best way. Even if my intentions were good, sometimes I didn't portray it that way. And so when I'm trying to encourage him in the word, he's taking it as a condemnation, and then we end up fighting about something when I was only trying to help him, and he's trying to get through what he's getting through, and God's trying to do something in both of us, and we're off in left field somewhere. And we do that. Maybe it doesn't happen to you. I mean, it might just be an us thing. But I guarantee 
that you encounter things in your relationships, whether it be in a marriage relationship, whether it be with your friends. Because let me tell you, I don't care how close to friends you are, you're not going to agree on everything all the time. You're not. So think about that. We have got to learn how to operate in love. It is so important, not only in our own lives, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our jobs, working with perfect strangers, because let me tell you, there's some people I don't want to love, okay? They break all my last nerve, and it's all I can do to get past what I'm feeling in the natural in order to show them the love that God has for them. And you're going to face people like that. You will. So, it's important. Love is so important. Otherwise, you're going to end up fighting battles that you weren't going to fight. Verse 3. So if any of you thinks that you're important when you're really not, you're only fooling yourself. Let me tell you, God's not pulling any punches on this one, okay? So stay humble, because nobody has arrived yet. You don't know everything there is to know. I don't care if you have the whole Bible memorized. You don't know everything that God has for you. It's so much deeper than we will ever fully understand. Verse 4, each of you must examine your own actions. Then you can be proud of your own accomplishments without comparing yourself to others. I've often heard that comparison is the thief of joy. I hear that a lot um, in my Mary Kay business because it's easy when you see someone at a different level say, man, I wish they, I had that. But you don't know what they've gone through to get to where they're at. We don't know. We don't see all the behind-the-scenes stuff that people face. We only see what's on the outside. So, examine yourself. And don't compare yourself to others. Because God has called you to run your own race. And it's not going to look the same as everybody else's. So strive each day to do better than you did before. So when you look back on your own life, you can see where God has brought you from. Because you never know, by overcoming those things, who you're encouraging unknowingly. Because people are watching you. Verse 5 says, assume your own responsibility. You see, you're responsible for your own actions. And something I've told Tyler for years, I said, our actions have consequences whether they're good or bad. I tell them all the time. Our actions have consequences, whether they are good or bad. That part is up to you. You can't control what other people say and what other people do, but you can control how you respond to it. That is your choice. Do we always get it right? No. But thank God we're, we're moving up. Verse 6, it says the person who has taught God's word should share all good things with his teacher. This makes me think of when we share our testimonies. When we're sitting in church and God, 
or dad's always asking, you know, does anyone have a testimony? You see, when you share your testimony of things that God's doing in your life, and when you're learning how to apply the principles that are being taught to you, it encourages everyone around you. Dad loves to hear what God is doing for you. He wants to know about it. Because God wants to do these things in each of our lives. Like you keep saying, uh, Brother Shuttlesworth, you know, if God will do it for one, he'll do it for everyone. It's a respect for persons. So share those testimonies. Verse 7 says, make no mistake about this. You can never make a fool out of God. Whatever you plant is what you'll harvest. Verse 8 says, if you plant in the soil of corrupt nature, you will harvest destruction. But if you plant in the soil of your spiritual nature, you will harvest everlasting life. So what are you planting? What are you planting in your own life today? Now, I know for me, it's taken years to establish this principle. And I know there was some time years back that I wasn't planting all of the right things. And then we wonder, while we're struggling, in certain areas. God wants us to plant the things that he has for us so that we can reap the harvest that he has for us. Verse 9 says, we can't allow ourselves to get tired of living the right way. Certainly each of us will receive everlasting life at the proper time if we don't give up. And this is actually the, the verse that, that God originally spoke to me. But it was in a different translation, and it says, um, do not grow weary in doing good. And that's what, that's what God kept speaking to me. Do not grow weary in doing good. Because you will reap the harvest if you don't give up. God has great things for you. He has great things for me. I know that he does. He's spoken things to me. He's spoken over, over my life. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, God, I'm not seeing all the things that I know that you've said. And he tells me, don't grow weary. Stand your ground. You keep doing what I've told you to do, and I'm going to take care of everything else. It's the same way in your life. Verse 10 says, whenever we have the opportunity, we have to do what is good for everyone, especially for the family of believers. Because the world would tell us to only look out for ourselves. And if you've been hurt a lot, it's real easy to think that way. Something I've struggled with in my own life. It takes a lot for me to open up to people. I don't trust easily. Because I've been hurt too many times when I do. But God is telling me. He's trying to move me past that. Because he's got things for me. And I know that the things that God has placed inside of me are going to make a difference in somebody else's life. And those things that he's placed inside of you are going to make a difference in someone else's life. It's a triple effect. It doesn't stop. So let's say I minister to one person. Or, or let's make it even bigger. Let's say I minister to two people. And those two people double that. And that's two, two and four. And I mean, it just multiplies on and on and on. 
And it doesn't take long to get thousands of people that are being reached by one person. And that one person can be you. So don't let the world tell you what you should think. Listen to what God says. Because God's ways are higher than ours. And my challenge for you guys today, and for myself, is to get in the Word of God. Get in the Word. Build yourself up. So that when you are encountering things and you're knocked down by the stuff that life throws at you, because it's going to. When you are knocked down by those things, that you can pick yourself right back up. You have a weapon to fight with and a strength that you didn't have before. And most importantly, learn how to walk in love, just like Jesus did. Because if we can learn to walk in love, we will work with people the way that God intends us to work with people. It's not about us anymore. We can take ourselves out of the equation and we can share the love of God because God's love will make all the difference in a person's life. All the difference. And it may not happen overnight, but I've seen it firsthand so many times. Diane's a living testimony of this. She said she wouldn't ever come to church. I don't know how many times I invited her, but, and it wasn't all the time. I didn't see her a lot. Just every now and then, mostly during Easter eggs. And I just encouraged her, you know, we'd love to have you come, come to church. And she got it from some other people too. But you know what? God's made a difference in her life, and he's not done yet. Not only is he not done with her, He's not done with you. God has great things in store for you. So I want to close in prayer today. Thank you guys for listening. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of those around me, Lord, and that it is making a difference, that you're calling us to a higher level. Lord, I thank you that you are a good father. Lord, and you have good things for your children. Lord, I thank you that you give us your word as a weapon to fight the things against us. Help us to learn how to operate in the things that you have for us so that we can fight the battles that we face and make a difference in our lives and the lives of others. And I thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing, for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come back to